0: I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is The Nest, our mini-show that's all about the delightful and delicious things that make our homes just where we
1: want to be. And it's watch, read, listen time. It is. I love this. We've been doing this once a month, and I just think it's so much fun to talk a little bit about what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're listening to. And hopefully it will inspire you to pick up something new. It certainly has been great for me. Okay, what are you watching?
0: Uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. What? Have Cat you on a Hot Tin Roof. Okay, seriously, do you does that title not ring any bells with you? No, nothing. Oh, this is exciting then for you. This is very exciting for you. This is on Netflix right now. You can watch it. Paul Newman, Elizabeth Taylor in the movie um of the Tennessee Williams play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Okay, great. Okay, so let's go back a generation. Do you know who Paul Newman is?
1: I do, yes. I like his, um, Newman's, uh, treats. Okay, like his... so you know him from food. I know you him know from he... salad dressing and big <laughs> Newman's.
0: Do you but I also him? know he was an
1: actor, yes, of course, and is an okay. actor. Is he alive Have or he... dead?
0: He said, okay. Have you ever watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? No, but I do know what oh. that is. Oh, with Robert Redford. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, so it's Paul Newman. Okay, do you know who Elizabeth Taylor is?
1: Yes, I do. Purple <laughs> eyes.
0: Purple eyes. Have you ever seen her act in anything? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think so. The White Diamonds commercials. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is
0: Elizabeth Taylor from the 1950s. Beauty beyond beauty. And every time I see her in, in, I saw her in something else recent. Oh, um, another movie that I recommended with her that suddenly I can't remember the name, but Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Elizabeth Taylor. She's amazing in this. Paul Newman is amazing in this. And it is about, it's a, the movie is about, and the play is about, uh, it, it's another, very joyful thing that I always bring to the table. It's about alcoholism. <laughs> it's about deception. It's about dysfunctional families. It's about homosexuality. And this is what's really interesting. That sounds the, edgy for the 50s. Oh, my God. They 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 couch it all the way through the movie. And so my watch is going to lead me, just real quickly, I'm going to cheat a little bit into my read. Because in the movie, you're like, okay, is this all about homosexuality? Because they're really not talking about it. And so I looked up the play. I'd never read the play by Tennessee Williams. And uh, yes, it is. In 1955, this was a super edgy play that won the Pulitzer Prize because it's about a son struggling with his family and his wife, hence Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, all about sex. I mean, it's amazing. And so I started reading the play uh, this weekend. And the play is amazing. I mean, just... I'm so excited about this. Okay, so, that's
1: really fun that you watched the movie, got so into it. I always love when you watch something and it encourages you to think about other things.
0: Right. And we're, then now you're reading the play. Now I'm reading the play, and I have to tell you, I've never read any Tennessee Williams ever. And, of course, most people have heard of Tennessee Williams, uh, but I've never read anything by him. Holy smokes. So beautiful, the writing—it's amazing. So it was a very exciting weekend for me. So that's okay, what that's I'm really great watching and reading.
1: You know, that's fun that you bring up that your watch and read are kind of flowing together because mm-hmm. mine sort of flow together a little bit too. Oh, good, go go go! So what I just watched um, last week that people have been telling me for months that I need to watch, and I finally watched it, is the documentary "Biggest Little Farm." Biggest Little Farm. Oh. It's I, so I wonderful. It. Oh my gosh. It is just so fabulous. And I had, I knew I needed to see this. I'd had people say, have you seen this? This is so something that you would love. And I finally rented it the other night. So you can rent it on, you know, like Amazon or iTunes or whatever. It's not on any of the streaming services. You actually have to pay to rent it. So I forked over the 5 99 and went for it. Right. And it's called The Biggest Little Farm. And it is based on um, this fabulous farm in California uh, that was taken over by a couple named John and Molly Chester. So John was a wildlife photographer prior to becoming a farmer. And he and his wife, Molly, had this dream of owning a farm. And then they figured out that they couldn't afford to buy any land in California to buy a farm. So they got investors and they bought this barren, miserable farm, 200 acres (laughs) in California that was literally dead. Everything was dead. Everything about the land was dead. And this documentary is based on their journey. It is their journey on the first eight years of them living on the farm and how they brought this land back to life. And it was just so beautifully shot. The storytelling is really phenomenal. And if you care about food or you care about The environment, you will especially just be obsessed with it. And if you don't care about those things, it will open your eyes to something really beautiful. So, Oh, I love that. I really loved it. I thought it was just wonderful to watch. I enjoyed it. I want to watch it again. And it was just really great. And it was such a reminder of how miraculous nature is and how this earth is just set up to work in harmony and how if we can work with it, we will be so much better off than if we fight against it. It was oh, really great. I love great. that. yeah. And how so, easily,
0: I love the message because it's always amazing to me when I see documentaries like that about how the earth can recover from what we've done to it if we just stop doing it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. The truth. It was simultaneously inspiring and then also, as you realize, the statistics of – how many farms are run this way, it is in the like 0.5%, mm. you know, that, that it feels a little bit disheartening, but I do feel yeah. like more people are getting this message, which was really great. And then my read goes back a little while too. And um, this has to do with food. I love food memoirs. I just like <laughs> love food memoirs. It's not surprising, but I love them. And I there's love a the w- difference
0: between us, Elizabeth. I know. I love movies about dysfunctional, unhappy <laughs> families, and you love food memoirs. I love I food love memoirs.
1: It. It's good. So this one um, that I really think that you should give a try if you like food memoirs is by Amy Thielen. It's called Give a Girl a Knife. Amy Thielen is a Minnesota-born-and-raised chef who um grew up in a really small town in Minnesota and then went to new york and worked as a chef in some really amazing restaurants and so not only was she a minority in that she was a midwesterner but then she was also a woman in these restaurants in these high pressure restaurants in and what how year she would this have been? navigated that was really interesting it was like in the gosh early 2000s okay so yeah she was a rarity yeah and then it talks a lot about she talks a lot about then her journey back home and so that's another thing home. that i love about this book is it was about you know amy and i know amy and she's fabulous she had a show on food network for a little uh, bit of time she has a cookbook called the new midwestern table that is just glorious and she has this um french onion dip recipe in there <laughs> that i like lose my mind for it's so good but the memoir was really fun because it, it is i just love stories of figuring out who you are Going out and doing it and then never getting your goal, get in the way of what you really want in life. Then she and realized I- that what she really wanted in life was to be home. And leaving what she'd accomplished didn't mean that it took away anything from what she'd accomplished.
0: Right. Right. And I love these sorts of books. Uh, especially around graduation and the holidays as gifts for twenty somethings, because mm-hmm. I am deeply immersed in the twenty something world right now, mostly because I work with students and I have two twenty year olds uh twenty somethings and there's so much talk and chatter about where are we going, what are we doing, how fast are we going to get there? oh gosh, I know. and I think books like that can show you, can give you a roadmap that a lot of people don't know where they're going to end up and that you just have to slow down a little bit, look for the right opportunities, listen to that still small voice, and it'll take you into surprising places. It's totally true. Get rid of the angst.
1: (laughs) Get Get rid of the angst. Ditch the angst. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a great read. It's not stressful. It's not like Amy Thielen is revealing these deep, dark secrets. She's just sharing Her story, which sometimes I feel like when you read a memoir, you go, well, the only way to have a memoir is to have like a really traumatic life. And Amy proves that that's not the case. You can just, everybody has a story. You can have your life.
0: Yeah. I love that. Okay. What I'm listening to. So Harry Styles from One Direction, but now he's on his own, was on Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. And I confess I like One Direction. (laughs) (laughs) I love the song story of my life. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great song. I love that song so much. So when Harry Styles was on Saturday Night Live, he sang uh, a new song off of his new album called Watermelon Sugar. Have you seen this? No. Oh, my God. I love the song so much. I love it so, so much. Watch the Saturday Night Live version of him singing live. So good. He's – and I don't care. I'm in my 50s. He's so sexy. It's just (laughs) – it's so good. Um, But then I did, of course, as I always do, once I see something I like, I then deep dive again. And so I was going back and listening to some of his music from his first uh, solo album, and there's a song on it called Sign of the Times, yes which is so good it's so good so if you feel like doing a deep dive on somebody unexpected that you might not normally listen to harry styles harry styles mm-hmm. that's the way it is
1: mm-hmm. okay so you are um you're loving listening to somebody who's sort of like a young kid i'm yes. going back to me being a young kid for what i'm listening to okay <laughs> so i had the most wonderful experience marjorie i got to meet one of my childhood Idols. I mean, someone who I just admired more than anybody, and who I just looked up to and wanted to be, and that is Amy Grant. I Amy love Grant. This. I met I Amy Grant. This. I chatted with Amy Grant. <sighs> I sang with Amy Grant, and okay. now I have Amy Grant's cell phone number. Can you stand oh, it? Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait. Okay, I, I, know, I was loving all of this, and then you got to this. What? I know we're totally friends. So I met <gasps> Amy Grant for um Girl, for Twin Live. It was so good. Totally, right? (laughs) I I got to meet Amy Grant. We found out that she was coming to the Twin Cities, and she does these holiday concerts with Michael W. Smith. She hadn't done one in the Twin Cities in a few years, and so she was coming back. And I mentioned on the show, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be – I would just die to meet her. It would just be so – Unbelievable! I grew up, you know, belonging to the church that my dad was the pastor of. And when you're a pastor's kid, you have to perform in front of the church, whatever talent you have. And I had oh. a minor talent of singing. And so I would sing solos oh. and I would sing Amy Grant songs in front of the congregation for years. And I just adored her. And so then my co-host, Steve, said, well, wouldn't it be even better if you got to sing with her? And I was like, back up the train That's too much pressure. Anyway, fast forward a few months. It turns into this whole big production. And Amy Grant agrees not only to meet with me and hang out with me, but to bring her guitar and sing with me. Okay, this is crazy. It was just so fun because she was... Incredible. And so now what I've been listening to is Amy Grant nonstop because I also, before I was meeting with her, I just went in and started, you know, watching interviews with her and listening to her music again, which I, you know, hadn't listened to in a long time. And And it's great. It's great and it brings you back and it just makes you remember where you were at that time that you fell in love with that music. And so Home for Christmas is her, my favorite Christmas album of hers. Mm. She has a couple of them, but that one is so fantastic and classic and fabulous. And, um, and what was so wonderful about spending time with her was really just, it's such a beautiful thing when you meet someone that you admire. And they just live up to what you hoped that they would be and that you can just have a nice connection with them. It was so great. And then the second thing was I was so freaking terrified to sing, Marjorie. <laughs> like I was panicking. I was actually really, really? dreading the day coming because okay, I see, was so never, worried.
0: I have never – I don't think I've – in all the years that I've known you, in all the years that we've done radio remotes together, we've done stuff together, uh, TV together we've done – I don't ever remember seeing you nervous, ever. The staff could not believe it. They could not believe how nervous I was. What does that
1: look like with you? I was just very like I I had my lips were pursed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I was just so nervous because I, you know, and I think some of it came down to the fact too that I just, you know, I used to be a pretty good singer. I mean, I wasn't like an amazing singer. No, but but I was a good singer. I mean, I was in. You know, I would audition for a choir and I would get into the top choir. You know, I mean, right. it was like, I was a, I was a good singer. And so to, but singing isn't something that you can just do forever if you don't practice and work at it. And right. so I was very nervous about how it was going to be to do something publicly that I once was good at that right. then I turned out I suck at. And so right. I was so afraid. So I did prepare. I took a voice lesson. I practiced. <laughs> I really like reached out to people to kind of get in the right headspace about this. And then um and then I went and sang with her and it went great. And it was so fun and she said I sounded like a young her. I mean, I died. Oh. Oh, oh. It was oh. like the 12-year-old inside of me just straight up collapsed and passed out in the narthex of the church hearing that oh elizabeth yeah it was really great so i've been listening to a lot of amy grant and um and if you loved amy grant like i did i've been hearing from so many people who said oh my gosh i love her or i loved her or i just think go back into the archives and bust out um her christmas album this holiday season and you'll be so happy that you did
0: well not only do i love amy grant so i've got a couple of her i've got a couple of um cds of hers including one of the christmas albums but I don't know which one it is cuz I adore her and my big Amy Grant story is nothing like yours but when I lived in Nashville I stood in front of her in in the line in Target and it was <laughs> very very exciting because I just was just like oh my god that's Amy Grant that's Amy Grant that's Amy Grant and she's at Target see, and she's at Target but but that was so the way Nashville was I mean I remember going shopping at um, Kroger in Nashville and Trisha Yearwood was in the parking lot. And oh, it was, for sure. It was like
1: you're always seeing
0: country stars. It's you know, so, and, it was,
1: and it turned out to be really funny because in order to meet her, I had a trip booked to Nashville. Right. The day that I was meeting with her. And in order to fit in meeting with her, I had to, I had to work that day. I was taking the day off, but since right. she was going to be in town and she agreed to meet with me. I worked and changed my flight so that I could go and see her. And then, um, and then it was so funny because she was like, Oh my gosh, how long are you going to be there? I'm going to be back on Monday. And I said, I'm leaving oh. on Monday. She's like, Can you stay longer? We Ooh. should go out. I mean, it was just, Oh my God. Really fabulous. Well, yeah. the
0: next time you go down there, she lives and you've probably never been down there. She lives
1: in a little town called Franklin. No. And I always want to go to Franklin oh, and, and how perfect because struggling. I have a son named Franklin.
0: Yeah, it's darling, and it's worth anybody who's planning on going to Nashville. If you've got a little bit of time, I think Franklin's about an hour, about an hour outside of Nashville, but a lot of the big country stars all live down in Franklin. Um, but not only uh, Amy Grant's special for another reason. I adore who she's married to.
1: Oh, I know Vince Gill.
0: Vince Gill, and he is—he has one of like one of my go-to stress-relieving songs—is Carrie Underwood singing with Vince Gill, How Great Thou Art. Oh, yeah. If you have never watched those two perform together, I, I just it just puts me at peace in a moment. And Vince Gill, I mean, his voice, between Amy Grant and Vince Gill, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like in their house when they're just walking around singing. It's two of the most <laughs> beautiful voices. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm going to go watch you. So tell everybody where they can see it, though.
1: You can can see see all of the stories that we did on Amy Grant on TwinCitiesLive.com. So go to TwinCitiesLive.com. You can check it out. And I'm going to try to get them all and post them on my Instagram as well. So you'd be able to see it. So that's what we've got. A good watch, read, listen this December.
0: I bet. And congratulations to you. That's a big thing you did.
1: It was super cool. Okay. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend. And if you're super motivated, give us a little review at Apple Podcasts. So Mama to Aiden and Charlie writes this. I loved Marjorie and Elizabeth on the radio and now love them even more on Best to the Nest. As a mom to a five- and a a three-and-a-half-year-old, I am constantly trying to balance work, parenting, and my marriage. I love the concept of bringing your best home, and the relatability of these ladies is so refreshing. Keep the good ideas and realness coming. Thank you, Mama.
0: And please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. How about a little baby, baby? I can't even sing. Can you do it? <laughs> that can was good. Baby, baby. That's all I've got for you. <laughs>